Amy Wright here with Diddy TV, and we have Ray Wiley Hubbard in the studio. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for stopping by. Well, I tell you what, this is such a, I'm, you know, I'm very honored to be here. This has such a, you know, reputation, and, you know, me being an old cat, I appreciate you having me on. When I heard you were coming in that I was going to be interviewing you, I thought, how will I even cover what I need to cover in a short period of time? Because you have so many experiences to share. Um, and we have your book uh, yeah. to talk about. We want to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, a life well lived. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the comma is important there. The, yeah, the punctuation so, is very, very important. You know, a it's, life it's very well important. lived. You know, and and uh, I wrote the book, but my friend Tom Jerk was very instrumental in poking me with a stick to get it done because I'd... I was telling him all these old road stories and everything, so I'd written some down. He said, well, let's put it together. So it's uh, very proud of it. I just don't talk about all the all that stuff. I also kind of talk about, you know, in my 40s, how I uh, tried to be a real songwriter. I cleaned up my act and uh, because of Stevie Ray, of course, and uh, uh, got clean and sober. And then, you know, tried to be a real songwriter and just wanted to get into finger picking. And, uh, and so I talk kind of in there about inspiration and craft and how I kind of went from um, you know what changed in the way that you were working on your songs at that point well Did you say it's more deliberate is it it was a thing I, I think I learned at 41 I, I wanted to learn how to finger pick because I'd been uh, I'd seen Lightning Hopkins and Matt Slipscomb but I started off in folk music that was very important you know to me I started off as a folk singer but then in my 40s after I got you know straightened up I said I really want to learn how to play because some of just I, that deep groove, that blues groove was just always there, but I just couldn't quite get these things to work. So I had an old blues guy show me some stuff, and uh, and then that just is a thing I've learned as a songwriter is uh, I keep trying to learn new things. But I learned finger picking like at 41, then I learned open tunings, then I learned slide, and then I learned, uh, you know, mandolin. So by learning new things, that gives a song a door to come through that wasn't there before. I could say if right. I have if I hadn't uh, hadn't learned open D tunings, I wouldn't have got, you know, God looked around a train yard blues. So I keep trying to learn new things. So that's kind of it seems to work. So so when you're writing songs, what what is what is your happy place? Where do you go to write songs? I, well, it's a thing where I'm just kind of always writing. It's uh, it's one of my favorite quotes from Flannery O'Connor. He said, "Never second guess inspiration." Whenever you get the what someone's called a great aha, you go, aha, that'd be a good idea for some. Don't doubt it, you know. And you never know, you know, you be you know, you never know where that inspiration's gonna hit also you go, huh, damn snake farm. <laughs> so you so you write it. You and know? we've had so many people play Diddy that yeah. are playing some of your songs. So you uh, obviously um, have put them out there and, and you write for other people also and for yourself and Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've, you know, I've uh, uh, uh I've written with Hayes, Carl, and Slade Cleves, and um, uh, I just actually wrote a song with Eric Church, which was, was really uh, uh, inspiring. He's a great cat. He mentioned me in a song. We uh, hooked up. He said, you want to write a song? And I said, yeah. So we wrote a song together. And so it's, uh, I really uh, enjoy that. You know, it's, uh, songwriting is a mysterious process. It's kind of like it's an it's a anguish and a joy. You, anguish, you want to get it right. But then it's a joy when you go, ah, that lyric works. So to answer your question, you have, uh, I enjoy writing with people and by myself. I just, you know, it's just, it's just something I really, I don't know, I just dig it and I feel that's what I need to do. So um, why did you put this book out now? Well, uh, you know, well, uh, <laughs> you had something to say? 
That's a that's an interesting question. Why did I do that? <laughs> well, you know, like I say, I had these that some of these road stories, and I really want to kind of share about how you know. I mean, like a in my twenties and thirties, I was just kind of you know a bar band trying to write songs and everything. But then I got serious about my songwriting, and uh, so, some amazing things have happened to me uh, as I've gotten older. You know, some amazing things. Some uh, someone said. Uh, isn't 66 years old a little late to make your first appearance on David Letterman? And I went, well, I didn't want to peak too soon. <laughs> you know, so I feel like I'm still moving forward, that I'm not just a nostalgia act, you know. I mean, I still do Redneck Mother, but... Well, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to continue to play in, in front of people and, and have all crowds of people show up. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to, for it. You know, I'm very grateful I'm still writing songs and able to travel around and play them for people, and people will actually come hear me play. I'm grateful that, you know, Diddy TV will ask me to do this. I'm going, oh, well, this, you know. So, uh, like I say, I keep, uh, I, it's, I enjoy it. It's still a joy for me, traveling around and playing for people. It's still, uh, like I say, it's a, 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 it means a great deal. Uh, it's kind of kind of like I say is somewhere in there. It's it's uh, in my forties. I talk about in the book too that it's it's, it's not. I, I made a kind of a decision. I wasn't going to write songs because I had a publishing deal, or I wasn't going to write songs to try to get somebody else to record them. I was going to write songs to see what I could contribute with them, rather than just what I could get. And by doing that, you know, some amazing, wonderful things have happened to me. Would you say that the songs have become deeper, or more emotional, or where do you draw from? Well, it, I, I, you never know. It's like the the, out, the new, last album is Tell the Devil I'm Getting There As Fast As I Can, which is meant to be taken metaphorically. You know, like I'm an old guy kind of. You, you don't want to get there too fast. Yeah, I don't want to get there too fast. <laughs> I hope it's, you know, it's metaphorically rather than, hopefully it's not a prophecy. <laughs> or really, the, then the joke will be on me. But... Uh, you know, it, it, and so you, you never know. I just feel very fortunate. I've mentioned this before that I sleep with the president of my record label, which isn't Clive Davis. It's my <laughs> wife, Judy. And so, so you have a lot of flexibility. You don't yes. feel the pressure that right, some yeah. artists feel. Well, she'll, you know, she'll say, you write about whatever you want to write about, and you make the records you want to make. And she says, I'll try to sell the damn thing. So for a writer, that means, like I say, I'm not writing, thinking about the song's future. I'm not writing because I have to give someone 12 songs a year in a publishing. I'm just writing like, like I say, oh, man, I can write about Charlie Musselwhite, or I can write about Jesse May Hemphill, or I can write about guitars and amps. You know what I mean? And so I really enjoy that freedom that I'm not, you know, I'm very grateful my wife thinks like that. You know? Do you have your own studio, or did you record it in another I recorded studio? There's a studio called The Zone, which is about 12 miles from my house, and I've done about four or five records there. I have a little studio up in... Uh, the room when Lucas moved out that I put in there and I just kind of demo stuff up but um, that's uh, I recorded uh, at the zone and then my friend George Reef had a studio there in Austin so I did the last five or six records there and I get to have my friends play on you it you had some I, guests right so yeah this last was on this, this latest last, album yeah the last one I had Lucinda Williams and Eric Church sing uh, came in and um, which tracks on Tell the Devil I'm getting there as fast as I can and uh, it was a uh, it's, you know, like I say, I was very honored and uh, for them to do that, you know, and they, they didn't even charge me. What? <laughs> they did it for nothing. People did, did something for free. You never, yeah. never have no. that anymore these but, days. But, but. but I've known Lucinda forever, and she's just so gracious and cool. And then Eric was, I met him, and then he, so I sent him the song. He goes, "Yeah, I'll sing on it." So, very, uh, you know. And then also, also on the album, I have my.
Patty mm-hmm. Griffin sang on another song. So it, it's really, like I say, it's kind of nice to be able to make a record with my friends and people that I know. So uh, you played some of the songs off off the record today, which right. are pretty amazing tunes. Thank you. Um, I think everyone's going to really enjoy the album, and they should go out and get one, by the way. They should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be my, my plug. But uh, what was it like working with the, all these folks? Um, what did it do for your album? Well, uh, you know, of course, Eric Church is he's a big shot. <laughs> he's pretty big. He is, you know, but he's such a, and he actually called me up and said, hey, you want to write a song together? And he said. That says a lot about you and your songwriting. Well, I suppose so, but it um, it was just really a treat. And, um, you know, and uh, I don't know, sometimes it's, uh, like I say, I feel very fortunate to, people ask me, say, well, who do you listen to? And uh, I usually listen to, Friends, you know, like Gurf Morlicks or McMurtry or Jeff Plankenhorn or Scrappy Judd or, you know, just uh, Slade Cleaves. That's who I, that I feel fortunate to to we know. We just had Jeff Plankenhorn in. Yeah, yeah he's a good cat. He played on my record, and uh, so like I say, that's who I that's who I listen to is people that I feel very fortunate just to to know, and I feel very fortunate, you know, calling my friends. Well, we were talking before the show about the necklaces you're wearing, and I just oh. want to. Um, point out you have some un- unbelievably interesting necklaces, but tell us a little bit about two or three of them. Well, this this one here, JW is Joe Walsh. If you got time for this story, I'll tell it real quick. So I'm up, I'm at, in Austin. All of a sudden, this buddy of mine calls me up and says, "Hey, Ringo Starr is talking about you on his website." So I go to his website, and Ringo's going, "This is what I've been listening to this month." Uh, George Martin sent me some mono tapes. Uh, Bob Dylan has a new record, and Ray Wally Hubbard, songwriter in Texas, Snake Farm. Ooh, I went, wow, that's pretty nice. But I never that's met Ringo, so we're playing out in Santa Monica to McCabe's, and all of a sudden, a fellow named Brent Carpenter came up, and he said, "I do all Ringo's videos." Ringo's playing out the Greek Theater, and he wants to meet you. So I went out there with my drummer at the time, Rick Richards. Just the two of us were traveling. Went out there and met Ringo and Barbara Bach, and it was just really nice. And he said, "Come out and sing help my friends with me." And I went, oh, okay. So I went out there and shared the microphone with Gary White. and um, So anyhow, that was really, you know, really a great thing. I mean, it's a beetle. It's right? a beetle. Oh. So anyhow, then about, uh, gosh, I guess about three months later, my phone rings, and I go, hello, and this voice on the other end of the line goes, Ray, this is Joe Walsh. I go, yeah. He said, I'm up here in Boston playing with this other band I'm in, and I listened to your album, Snake Farm. And I know that's a Gretsch duo jet guitar you're playing, but what kind of amp is it? What kind of amp is this? I said, well, it's an old bell and howl, and it's got a, hey, what kind of pedals? And I go, well, it's this thing called an Alum Durham sex drive pedal that I use. That's all it is. It goes, oh, okay. Well, I, I could figure out the guitar. I couldn't figure out the amp. Thank you. And I went, mm, That was okay. it? Yeah. And so then, uh, I guess about six months later, I get this phone call. It says, Ray, this is Smokey. I'm Joe's bodyguard, personal assistant, everything. And. And uh, Marjorie Box says, I can't come back to uh, California until I get you and Joe together. So the Eagles are playing in Dallas. I want you to come up. So I went up there, met Joe at like the Four Seasons, and we're getting ready to go into the restaurant to eat. And all of a sudden, the guy, the guy says, sorry, you can't come in here with a T-shirt. So Joe goes in the golf shop, buys a shirt, takes that one off, puts on another shirt, walks in, and we have dinner. And we met him, and it was just, you know, and had a great time. And then the next day, we went to the concert, and, so, as I said, it's the first time I've ever had motorcycle policemen in front of the car, 
you know. You get there a little faster yeah, when usually, that happens. Usually they're behind me. <laughs> but so we, we get to the concert and I met Joe and the guys and everything, and it was really fun. And the next day we were getting ready to leave, and so I said, well, here, I got something for you. So I gave him the bell on Hal Amp that uh, I said, here, this app I used to play Snake Farm on. He said, well, you can't give me that. And I said, well, when you plug it in, it's, it's going to smell like burning wires, and don't leave it alone because it will probably catch on fire any minute. So that was that. So, okay, that was cool. So I gave him that. Then about three months later, my wife's opening the mail. And all of a sudden, she's opening the mail, and she goes, ah, damn. And I go, what's the matter? And she says, I have to lose 15 pounds by February. And I go, why? I said, we've been invited to Joe Walsh and Marjorie Bach's wedding. And I go, so we have a wedding invitation. So I call up Smokey because I still didn't have Joe's number. So I go, Smokey, I, I got this wedding invitation. He said, well, hang on a second. So, he, so Joe comes up when I go, well, Joe, I got this wedding invitation. He goes, yeah. I said, I was staying out in Ringo Starr's guest house. And Ringo came out and said, hey, there's this guy in Texas. I want you to listen to this song called Snake Farm. So I go in there, and Ringo Starr is playing Snake Farm for me. And all of a sudden, Barbara Bach and Marjorie Bach come in, and Marjorie starts dancing, and we make eye contact, and we fell in love, and Snake Farm's our song, and we want you to be at the wedding. <laughs> so we we flew out there. and uh, Which went. is a very funny song to be someone's. Romantic know, but, song, you know, right? Well, Marjorie Bach, she, I mean, she's got this, she could dance, and she's just gorgeous. As, State as, Farm is hands down one of my favorite songs. Oh, well, it's, it was, uh, thank you. And so anyhow, we went out there and met Joe and, and uh, Ringo and Barbara, everything at the deal, and we went to the reception there at the polo lounge and everything, and um, it, it was it was quite a deal. So this, this so that very, that's very special. Guitar pick. Yeah, right there. But, yeah, that's uh it, it was quite a time. And you're touring with your son as well, right? My son, Lucas, he's 25. He's been my guitar player, seriously, about about the last, oh, I guess about eight years. Uh, he's uh, been my full-time guitar player. He's a, he's a good player. I feel very fortunate he's run into guitar great guitar players there in Austin, Garth Morlicks and Jimmy Vaughn and Charlie Sexton and Derek O'Brien, some of these, you know, Seth James, Cody Cannon, they've all kind of, since a little kid showing him, you know, a lick or something. So uh, he's a good player, he really is. And then I'm traveling with a young drummer named Kyle Snyder who just lays it down and keeps me in time. But, yeah, my son, I'm very proud of his playing. He played all over the record, so. And his, uh, um, the necklace, the, the Buddhist necklace that yeah, you have this, there. Yeah, this thing here, I was in Utrecht, oh, gosh, 24 years ago, and there was these little uh, – Tibetan monks kind of had a little stand there. I'm walking by and I'm looking at the stuff and I go, that's a little thing there. I picked it up and looked at it and he says, ah, yes. He says, I said, well, what is this? Oh, it's just a, a little thing there. It has only on money, party hum or, or some something uh, meditation on it. So I said, oh, that's cool. And I said, well, what, are you, what do you do with it? He said, you put something precious in it. And I go, well, I don't know if I have anything precious. And he goes, you have a baby. And I go, yeah, I have a little boy one year old. And he goes, ah, and he says, when uh, when you get home and he's sleeping and he smiles, open that up and catch that breath and put it in there. And that way he'll always have sweet dreams. And so I got home and Lucas was, I guess, one or one and a half and went in there and he was smiling and I opened it up and caught his breath and hadn't been open since, you know. So, But it was so strange because I was in because you have a baby. And I went, How did you know that? I know. I was just, so yeah, so that was uh, 
for a very special thing. Well, it is very special. And um, one one last question I have for you: um, In uh, what do you think Texas, the whole Texas sound, brings to artists like yourself that are from that area? How would you describe that? Well, you know, Texas has an incredible history of music. Of course, like Memphis. I mean, of course, Memphis is Memphis. I just you just it, you just sound cool saying Memphis. <laughs> I'm in Memphis. You know, As they but, say, there's no M in Memphis. Yeah, just Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. You know, but but Texas has that same sort of heritage, uh, I guess. You know, all the you know, Flight and Hopkins and Mance Lipscomb and and Freddie King, and then of course Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark and Billy Joe Saber. They've such kind a of, history of songwriters. It yeah. seems to me. Well, they've they've Billy Joe and Guy and Towns kind of I call them you know the Holy Trinity or the unholy Trinity depends on you know what day of the week it is, <laughs> but. Uh, they kind of set the bar high as songwriters, you know. So if you want to be a Texas songwriter, you you definitely, you know, have that's there's a high bar. Yeah, that you you want to try to write to. So uh, um, you know, I feel very fortunate to have known those guys and actually hang around, run around Billy Joe. And we've we've done shows together, but every time we do a show, you know, he's headlining and I'm opening for him. He'll call me up and go. Right, I'm going on first. I'm older than you, and I want to go home. So he always goes on. So first. he goes first, and yeah, then I go on last because he wants to leave. But you know, just to know Billy Joe and and have you know run with Guy in, in towns. I mean, that's uh, like I say, that is a very high bar. So there's there's that kind of history there that, like you know, Memphis is you just it's there, you know, and so you. you it know. elevates everybody. Yeah, you know. Well, the thing is, like you know, I'm like. I, I'll write a song, you know, and I'll say, this is a damn good song. And all of a sudden, I'll go into Austin, and all of a sudden, McMurtry will be up there playing one. I go, ah, you know, or, you know, Patty Griffin or, you know, Charlie Sexton or Gary Clark or somebody just, you know, and you go, ah, okay. So you can't, you, it it's kind of squashes your ego a little bit. You can't get too uppity because there's so many great songwriters there, you know. And so, uh, but it is a, a very, uh, like I say, as mentioned, as mentioned earlier, very grateful I'm still writing songs. Well, we're extremely um, happy that you decided to come and visit us today. Well, and um, love your music. Well, thank um, you. Thank you're, you, Amy. by the way, right up there with all those people you mentioned. Oh. So they're probably doing the same thing to you and wondering oh. uh, how they can create a song like yours. But well, um, it, it's, it's uh, like I say, I feel very fortunate. I, I take my songwriting seriously when I write a song, even if it's a goofy song like snake farm i hope it's well written you know but then i i take myself lightly and that works a lot better than taking myself too seriously you know and uh but thank you very much we were it was a very honored to be here what a great crew and stage and everything you really treated me great well thanks for coming and we'll see you again soon right all right you bet thank you Amy.